Welcome everyone to the Krypton Report. I am your host, Tyler. With me is a special guest whose voice you are probably very familiar with. Hello, special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, it's Phil. Phil Parrott. What's up, everyone? Hey, it's Phil. You might know Phil from his lengthy Southgate podcasting work, such as Before the Bat, Flash Power Hour, and World's Finest. But today, he's guest starring here with us to talk about Supergirl on the episode How She Does It. Now, before we jump into the episode, Phil, give us uh, how, how are you liking Supergirl so far? I wasn't too sure how the, how they were going to, uh, I don't know. I'm always worried when they put on like a uh, version of Supergirl. I'm like, are they going to do this right? And I don't know, after the first, what is it, five weeks now, I think they're doing pretty good. Good. I agree. I agree. I think it's finding its footing. I mean, if you go back and watch some of the early episodes of Arrow, it was finding its footing. And I think it just it has so much more challenges as a show. And a lot of the other superhero shows, just for the fact that it is kind of a, a legacy character that it's spinning off of and trying not to copy the formula of Arrow and Flash. Yeah, I think a lot of shows like that, they, they do, you know, try to find their footing in that first season. But I think it's the last two weeks, I think, have been really, really good, maybe even superior to like the first three. I can agree with you on that. I think the last episode of Livewire was really, really awesome. Gave her kind of a villain to fight against, her own villain. I just, I just wish we would have been able to see the episodes in order, though. Yeah, that is one thing. Like I told Jania when we watched it, was keep it in mind. Like this episode supposedly took place before last week, just for story and pacing wise of what's going on. I just hope that doesn't confuse uh, some of the casual viewers too much. You know, people who who aren't familiar with you know everything that was going on because the whole the whole James and uh. Lucy story and even stuff with Cat Grant, you know, it might seem like bad writing if you weren't paying colors of attention. You're like, wait a minute, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. Especially the the James and uh, Lucy stuff, I think, was the biggest, the biggest portion of the episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, I like it. So I'm a Kryptonian at heart. You know that. (laughs) Yeah. Even Solomon's right now playing with his. Superman plush toy. <laughs> but all right, we'll jump into this week's episode. It's called How She Does It. Uh, how does she, how does she do it? My bad. And summary is Kara must protect National City from a series of bombings while babysitting Cat's son while James is visited by Lucy Lane. The episode is directed by Thor Frudenthal. Sorry, you know, I can't pronounce names. Which has an interesting uh, directorial career. He's directed four episodes of Arrow, one episode of Flash, as well as Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters and Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Which, Diary of a Wimpy Kid is a movie I thought was hilarious. So it's always interesting to see directors who have accomplishments outside of TV working on television, as well as have already worked in the superhero universes. So, what was your initial reaction to this week's episode, Phil? Um, well, first I saw the description, and I was like, uh, Supergirl fights a bomber? I'm like, uh, is this gonna be, like, a letdown after the Livewire episode? But, uh, I, I liked how they, uh, how they did it, and, uh, 
I like the connection that we get, uh, well, you, what she figures out at the end with uh, Maxwell Lord. Yeah, I do. I do accept one thing that struck me hard about Maxwell Lord in this episode mm-hmm. was the fact that, like, I turned to Jania and I was like, they really just made Maxwell Lord her Lex Luthor. Yes. Um, and I was kind of just like, oh, man, like, I just did not know what to think because I was like, you know, every version of Superman movie or whatever has that where Lex Luthor tests what Superman can do. Yeah. And I feel like this is what this episode was, was what Supergirl can do. And I was just like, mm, man, like, let's not follow the rabbit hole of Superman tropes just applied to Supergirl if we're going to establish her as being separate from him. Let's, you know, but that was just something I was like, man, I was like, no, no, no. But I like Maxwell Lord's character so far, but I still want him to be a second-rate Lex Luthor. Yeah, I, I'm hoping um, the way they can set him apart is if they go the comic book route. Um, I don't know if you remember, he was kind of like, I don't know if it's a telepath is the right word, but he had some kind of like mental powers where he could like basically give people like subtle little pushes. Like the way he wanted them, you know, if he wanted them to do something. No, that would be cool. And then nope. I think, that, and then uh, after he came out as like a, a villain who killed Blue Beetle, like they had it where he control he was, he found a way to control Superman telepathically. Now. And there was no way to break his hold over Superman until, so Wonder Woman had to kill him. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now we're, now we're bringing up some of that good in-depth fill back research mm-hmm. knowledge. Um, and I'll tell you what, like I I like the character though. I mean, um, but just let's hope he doesn't go bald. <laughs> it's, well, I think they're playing him good too. It's like, is he a complete villain or like is he just you know a manipulative uh, businessman? See, you see, they're still keeping you guessing. You know, is he pure evil or not? Exactly. See, I want to see him get developed more and more. Where, like I was talking about before, is we have two different teams on Supergirl, and I want to see those teams kind of operate in different modes. Like you have Supergirl with Wynn and Jimmy, and then you have Supergirl acting with the DEO, mm-hmm. and see those different teams interact or not interact, but we kind of separate to where she feels more stretched. So I'm curious about where they're going to go with Maxwell Lord's character. Now on this week's episode, I did like, um, we'll get into the, with Jimmy, how her sister tells her she will be friend zoned and she's like, Oh no. And yet poor super always in the friend zone. win. the man cannot win, he is friend zone beyond the friend zone. And like her, like uh, Alex said, she still she spent more time in the friend zone than the phantom zone. And I was like that that's Wynn right there. I was gonna say, kind of ironic because Wynn's right there. With all his toys on his desk. <laughs> They're collectibles. Toys, get it? <laughs> oh, I know. I know we got the we got the drop last week about his fa- father in jail. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, it's refreshing that this episode, there really, it was a villain, but at the same time, there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, another alien escape from, uh, 
Fort Ross, which is neat because we haven't had any Fort Ross aliens in several episodes. We, we had the first one, the second one, and then it was Reactron, Livewire, and this bombing incident. So we really didn't have any more of Fort Ross aliens since uh, her aunt discovered that we have kryptonite. Mm-hmm. But yeah, where's we, the ant? We which is very, very interesting. Yeah, we haven't heard much from the ant in the last couple. Yeah, of weeks we haven't heard from. You know, and I, I just don't want the ant to be General Zod too. Yeah, like oh, it's not General Zod; it's Ant Astro, mm, same character archetype. And this this season's only thirteen episodes. That's, that's right? what I worry about. Hey, from everything that I can find and been researching and reading, that's what I see is thirteen episodes for the first season of Supergirl. So we'll see. I mean, I'm hoping that maybe it's one of those. Because all they have slated for the time period, and then they'll have more. So, but I don't know. Every other show is talking about their breaks and stuff, and it's, it's doing well. Well, they need to get a move on but on that ant story. We'll jump line. into some more character. Yeah, they do. Now we'll jump into some information here. Let's talk a little bit. Let's take a moment and discuss uh, Lucy Lane. Lucy Lane, interesting character, sister of Lois Lane. First appearance was in Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 36, in April of 1959. She believed to have died in 72. She was reintroduced in Man of Steel, number 5, in 86. She's been in and out of continuity history. Um, and she had a big, big uh, change-up when she appeared later on in Supergirl 35 as Superwoman. But we'll get into that discussion later in a special episode. Mm-hmm. And with the New 52 relaunch, Lucy was kind of in and out of the storyline. She appeared for a little a bit. Um, she was bungee jumping with Clark. And what's neat, she's been, uh, she was in Supergirl the movie, played by Maureen Teffy. Animated series, she was voiced by Aria Nicole Curzon. She was in Lois and Clark, three episodes, played by two different actresses, Elizabeth. Bardens and Roxanne Saul. And most recently, she was in Smallville, played by Peyton List, who you may know as the Golden Glider on Flash. So that is a very quick background shot on good old Lucy. Um, Just where she fits into the story, she's always seemed to be more of a foil for Supergirl as far as the James Olsen uh, relationship, friendship goes. And this one, it's more of a flushed-out relationship. But are, you, are you familiar with the character, Phil? Um, yeah, I remember, like, um, like I know from when you were saying when she came, when they reintroduced her in Man of Steel miniseries, that was, like, right after Crisis, so everything kind of got reset. She was, I believe she was a flight attendant for a while there. Yep. It's just, it's interesting how a lot of Supergirl's characters are built of spinoffs of Superman characters, you know, mm-hmm. Jimmy, Lucy, but she can still stand on her own. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you with this episode though, you know, Carr takes the high road and tries to help Jimmy and Lucy together, which is like honorable, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm? I want you to look out for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But like they even said, I think she's just inexperienced in the ways of love. Oh Yeah. That's why poor Wayne is just chilling at the front zone. <laughs> you're getting, ki- you're getting like, killed every day, kid. Every day. That was a great line. Now, how, 
uh, let's let's take a step and look at how her babysitting was. She was gonna watch Carter, Cat's son, but wasn't Cat's son's name Adam in the comics? Yeah, but maybe they don't want to bring up uh, images of Adam because he did he, he got killed interestingly enough by the toy man. Exactly. That's why I was like, that's why I got more excited when she said her son, and she said Carter, and I was like, huh, interesting. I was like, especially with the with the discussion of Toy Man coming, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, let's let's see some let's see some grit. Well, maybe they're just going with you know this version of the character is such like an egomaniac that you know Carter sounds like Cat. Could be, could be, or it could be one of those. His name is Carter Adam Grant or something. You know, just. Ugh, the yeah. way the way they play with everything in this universe, mm-hmm. but he's got a secret crush on Supergirl. Not so secret. <laughs> I know he was like Supergirl. She's hot. Oh, uh, that being that young boy in love with the superhero. <laughs> I I thought for sure he would figure it out too. Like he would be smart enough to be like Kara and Supergirl, the same person. But, I get I guess, but you know, I guess they played it where. Uh, once she showed up as Supergirl, he wasn't looking at her face. <laughs> what was he looking at, Phil? He said the legs. I know that. He was. <laughs> that was awesome. Cat <laughs> was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, legs." <laughs> but man, when and him hit it off with some video games and cheeseburgers. <laughs> I know that's all like a good day. I'm like, that's the kind of babysitting I need. Those, I was kidding. Those, those, the making all the the TVs and cats office and like one big TV screen for the video games. That'd be a headache for me. I don't know about you. I, I know that'd be weird. It's like all split and stuff. Oh, just give me one, one big TV so I can see what's going on and not have to look at all these different angles. It's giving me a headache. <laughs> now when it was interesting how she was stopping the bombs and she's uh, the, you know, the garage door was, or not the garage, the parking garage building was collapsing and she used her heat vision and strength and each thing was a test. But I'll tell you what, I'm really liking the effects budget on this show. When she's flying, it looks really good. When she made it on the train, it looks really good. Yeah, they've been putting a lot of, they've been putting, I guess they realize they, you know, if they want to get that audience, they're going to have to put that money in like this show, The Flash. They're doing good special effects. I mean, if you, that's, if you're going to, this, you know, there's a lot more demand than there was, like, the effects of, you know, 90s Flash. Uh, oh, yeah. Even, they, even the Lois just, like, stood still while he ran around. <laughs> even Lois and Clark, I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta amp up your effects budget. Mm. And so I, I think this show is really pulling it out, making it a little cinematically. And I think everyone on the show is doing very well. I like the actors. I like the characters. What are your um, thoughts on... In this episode that we saw where Kara went to the train to save the, bu- the bomb and Dio went to the airport and Henshaw deactivated the bomb. What are your thoughts on Henshaw? That's the big mystery. So he reached his hand in to... I, I'm, I'm assuming that's a big clue to his identity, but it's like he reached his hand in and deactivated the bomb. So I don't know. Could the Martian Manhunter do that? Could he phase through something, or is he the cyborg Superman? You know, as he was in the comic books, and he just talked to the bomb and shut it off. You know what? That see, that's the biggest fan theory I've seen out there is that Henshaw's Martian Manhunter, and I'm like, that could be kind of really cool if they go that route. Um, but man, like I was just sitting there, like they waste no time building his like interesting backstory 
from you know the first episode where his eyes went red and continue, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's straight up. That could be Martian Manhunter. It'd be neat if it was. They bring that into the fold more. Um, but man, I'm just like, where are you going with Henshaw? Because Cyber Superman, cool, but once again, it couldn't exactly be Cyber Superman. Well, I had a theory. You could have both because this could be Martian Manhunter, and he's just using the identity of Hank Henshaw, who's a real guy out there somewhere. Which is what I was kind of thinking when they had Henshaw in the past, mm-hmm. in the last episode. Um, I was thinking that, something like that. Which is so weird to watch these two episodes out of order because you have the line of dialogue about from Alex about trusting Henshaw, and he's all like, she's one of my assets and all this. And then you think about, you know, in the next episode, we find out how Henshaw recruited the dad. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, hmm, they're building in this trust Henshaw up then the next episode they kind of like peel that back away from us well yeah because they even had uh this week they uh Alex was showing her how they have the uh changing IDs that you know can look like FBI IDs and then but then last week which was supposed to be you know after this week they showed them using them (laughs) exactly and I was like wow they it changes it's not even like another fake ID it just changes to FBI yeah I'm just like wow I want that badge Exactly. But overall, I think this show is um, its giving a very positive, strong character. I think for, you know, I have a couple cousins who are young girls who watch it, who love it. And it gives them a good role model as character and a hero. And it's also, you know, it's a pretty good family show, too. I think a lot of people forget there's not as much family-esque TV on anymore like there was before. Yeah, well, this, this is probably one of the most family-friendly superhero shows out there right now. And I can I can roll with that, because we need that at times. Oh, yeah. Now, in this episode, we learn that they talk about Kara as virtually indestructible. Maxwell Lord made a line where he said, uh, how do you word it, about she being for not completely indestructible, which makes me wonder what that actually means, like how they're playing that angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they going to do with that? What are they going to do with uh, her weakness and vulnerability? Uh, you know, and I was I was kind of wondering why. Now, answer me this, Phil. If you were Superman or you know had Kryptonian powers, why didn't she just rip the bomb off the guy and fly up in the air, or grab him and fly him up in the air? Why did she let the front of the train blow up? I don't know. That's what I was trying to figure out. Unless she was worried about the rest of the train derailing or something she wanted to make sure she was there i don't know I mean, it was a great spectacle of a scene but i was just kind of like would have been easier just to fly the bomb into space let it blow up you know and the atmosphere something like that where the train wouldn't be destroyed and people would still ride the train and well that's always my question because i mean you know she has super speed it's uh, that's like always my question with the flash why does he take a punch when he's quick enough to see everything coming yeah, you know, one thing, like, she can run fast as well as fly. You know, that's why, like, we in Smallville, he always showed he can actually run fast mm-hmm. as well as fly later on. But, Mike, you can do a lot, Kara. Keep stretching those skills because you need, we need those skills. Now, unless, you, unless you just, I don't know, unless you say that bomb hit she took earlier kind of weakened her a little bit. It could go that way, like, if it was a radiation leak. There was, you know, some dialogue in that way, because 
That would make sense. Maybe she's not as fast as she usually is. Some clever writing would just help that. You know, because I think it's always one of those things is you got to sit down and phys- phys- uh, figure out the physics of the characters. Like how powerful do you want them to be? What can they and can't they do? So that you don't have one episode where they seem like they're all powerful and the next episode they're barely holding on to anything. You got to find your limits to what they can and can't do. Yeah, because people get bored if, you know, the, you know, your heroes are never in trouble or in jeopardy and handle stuff too easily. It's always been a super uh, family crisis. Mm-hmm. Now, you brought up uh, Flash here. Now, you've seen Phil where they're talking about doing a Flash and Supergirl crossover? Of course I did. You put it up on Facebook. Oh, I did, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts on that, man? Um... I thought I think that'd be really cool. Uh, I'd like to see Barry and uh, Kara interact. I would too, and I think if any, if this show's gonna cross over with anything, the Flash would be the easiest one. They're similar in tone, and you know, style, and also, um, fl- you know, Flash. We've got the multiverse going on right now, and I think it'd be very easy for this to be an alternate Earth. It doesn't have to be Earth Two. That's what they have to establish in Flash that how they can get to other Earths besides just Earth Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know the the Flash and Supergirl crossing would be really awesome. So if they did that, that means it'd have to be in this first season here. And I don't know. I think it'd be awesome to see. I just think having the connective universe <clears throat> is much more fun than keeping everything in its own little pocket. Yeah, and keep it the Flash, just so uh, you know Oliver Queen can't be hitting on Kara. Yeah, then he'd be like, "This is a new challenge for me." Yes. Oliver's going to try to swoop in, steal Jimmy's grill and Kara, and then go back to Star City. Or even flirt with Cat. Who knows? Who just come and tear it all up? <sighs> but I'm just, you know, I just think that this show has potential, and I just hope the fans and everyone out there keeps giving it more of a chance to grow. I'm liking it more and more. I like rewatching it. And, you know, it's good to see a, a Supergirl on her own for a change. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know why they don't give it more than thirteen episodes. I mean, CBS doesn't have any other superhero show right now. Yeah, it's nice to see something on CBS that doesn't say NCIS or CSI. <laughs> I didn't know CBS had other shows other than that. The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, I know. They want that younger audience. That'll bring it in. Yeah, I mean, just keep working with it. You know, share share the universe. Get part of that because that'll just make this even more. I mean, next week we get the Red Tornado episode, which will be interesting to see mm-hmm. as that branches out that way. And I'm excited. I mean, I love having the show to watch on Mondays with the family, and it's a show that I feel comfortable, you know, getting to watch, you know, even with uh, Solomon only being 10 months old. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd think they would want that, you know, some kind of Superman tie-in with the movie coming up. Yeah, I, p- I posted a thing on our on the Facebook page, like what Superman would have been a better fit with Caro, Brandon Ralph Superman Returns, or um, you know Henry Cavill Superman? What would be a better fit for her Supergirl style? Hmm. Well, it's DC. They don't put the same character in the movies and t- you know the same actor on in the movies and on TV. So yeah, but it was thought provoking, you know. They're not Marvel, <laughs> which has its good and its bad, you know. Mm-hmm. I think. The DC being separate is fine with me. Um, you know, if they're connected, that's cool. But I think they're building such a rich, thick television universe that I don't need them connected. Mm-hmm. 
let, let the writing speak for itself and the stories take its own life and go from there. It'd be really nice to see what happens. Do you have any other comments from this week, Phil? Uh, no, <clears throat> no, I think that's about it. Okay. Well, there's one more uh, piece of news I had written down here to talk about was that we will be getting the character of Jim, the son of Saturn, who is usually a foil to Martian Manhunter as one of the aliens that breaks out of Fort Ross. And he and he would be played by the actor that played Chaz on Constantine. Huh. Now, I don't know a whole lot about uh, the son of Saturn, except that he premiered in Son of Saturn number one in 1984. Um, and he's supposed to appear on Supergirl in ep- episode 7. And I guess there's a rich history with the Martians and how the Martians cloned themselves and made and kept cloning these clones and eventually made a subspecies of Martian that were red and, those, and they sent those to Saturn after a while. And that's where the, you know, he became the son of Saturn as he was a Saturn person. So we'll see what kind of story we get with him. In this modern storytelling, and that could play back into the whole what and who is Henshaw thing. Mm-hmm. So, Jem, son of Saturn, who's a, a, you know, has history with who? Martian Manhunter. Exactly. So, let's see what happens. I mean, that could be, that could open up the Henshaw backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you rate, th- how many super shields would you give this episode? Uh, I'd probably give it a what i'm probably four out of five yeah i'm thinking like a three and a half four um just because i think that we're getting there we're working on it um they're expanding the story the actors are great it's just giving them all something to do Mm -hmm. the effects are top notch Um, so i just want to see what what we get out of the future supergirl episodes and i'm excited to do more with the show as we uh, progress more to the lore of Supergirl. But any final thoughts, Phil, since your first time here on it with us on the Crypt... Well, first time reviewing Supergirl, but not first time on the Krypton Report. Um, No, just that I can't, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised and I can't wait to see more. Well, you've heard it here first, people. Phil can't wait to see more. (laughs) And you'll probably get some live tweeting from Phil and I together when um, Gotham goes on hiatus and we're supposed to still have Supergirl. Yeah, this Monday is the finale of Go- the fall finale of Gotham. So after that, yeah, we'll see how that might help with the ratings for Supergirl and just beef up the show. So I'm gonna get you know an audience. Mm-hmm. But from all of us here at the Krypton Report, you know where to find Phil online. We don't even have to tell you, but we're gonna tell you anyways. Take it away, Phil. Um, well, if you want to talk anything DC or Marvel with me, you can email me nightwingpdp at gmail.com and on Twitter I am at nightwingpdp. That's right. Hook him up. Ask him some questions. Pick Phil's brain. He's a very wise, intelligent man. But from all of us here at the Krypton Report, we just say, see you next time. <laughs>